Grab yourself a biscuit. It's the CA3 Cup of Tea series. So hello everyone and welcome to our Cup of Tea series. I'm your host Sarah Wardle from CA3 and we've created this podcast for the HR talent community and everyone's welcome. Each month in the time it takes for us to have a cup of tea and a biscuit, you can listen to us chat with industry experts on the most challenging topics facing HR and talent professionals today. So today we wanted to explore the recruitment industry as a whole. Has it really changed at all in the last 20 years? Or are the same old issues there bubbling below the surface? It's a broad topic, but in order to plan a recruitment strategy coming out of the pandemic, we need to understand and learn from the past. So this month, we're lucky to have Simon Drake with us, who has over 25 years of experience leading businesses and operations in recruitment, HR services and consulting. And where my career experience has been predominantly on the creative and branding side, Simon has a wealth of experience on the consultancy and business strategy side. And I really wanted to get his unique perspective on how our industry has changed, but also how our two worlds often collide. So thanks for joining us, Simon, um, and finding a bit of time in your busy schedule to, to have a quick chat and a cuppa. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, uh, pleasure Sarah. Uh, good to be here. You and I have both worked in, in this industry for, for a long time. But, but what do you think have been the biggest changes um, within the recruitment industry over the last 20 years? I mean, obviously, over the last six months, we've had huge change. But but thinking more broadly, um, it, it, are there any changes that have really stood out for you? It's a mature sector now, really, in many ways. It's um, it's evolved, um, you know, in the 25 years I've been doing it from a, um, you know, a, a very sales-led industry in some ways to something more consultative think, now in many ways. Um, so there's... I think there's been some really positive changes. Um, I think recruitment has found its place a bit more now than it did uh, in its early kind of invention. Um, and if you look at the broad church of offerings, if you like, in, in the sector today, it's, it's quite phenomenal, really, um, how, how um, you know, organisations in the sector engage with client organisations to understand their talent strategy and then, then to kind of go through all, all that piece from advisory to the the, the delivery of services now beyond recruitment, if you like, onboarding and all sorts of things that we will do. So, so it's it's evolved massively, um, and I think um, if you look at kind of you're a strategy thinker like I am, kind of you look at and when you get a mature market, you get kind of vertical integration happening, which is where you kind of take bits of the market and create whole industries out of them. And that's definitely happened. You know, the, the the kind of creation and evolution of the RPO, um, the sort of um, the use of technology, which we'll come back to because I think that's a fascinating thing. Um, and um, a recruiters' um, mindset, if you like, around what, what their purpose in life is and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I think that's, that's evolved a lot, I think, over over those 20-odd years compared to what it was perhaps like. Um, but I still think we've got a long way to go myself. Uh, yeah. I think um, there's lots of, it's interesting, lots of things that we kind of um, still learning on, I think, and, you know, there are lots of challenges still. Yeah, definitely. And that's interesting you say, you know, what, what the role of a recruiter is, because mm. I, I'm just interested because, you know, someone who, who would join the recruitment industry today as yeah. opposed to 20 years ago would probably have very, very different skills. So I suppose it's about mm. adaptability, but also, um, you know, attracting the right people into recruitment, for example, would be very, very different because it's it's a different cell, isn't it now? Absolutely. But in some ways, in some ways, you're absolutely right. In other ways, I think I think we're still a bit challenged by legacy thinking. 
okay. so, so I think I think yeah at, at the kind of forward forward thinking progressive mindset part of the industry and there's lots of that going on and it's brilliant to see that evolving faster now um I think that kind of you 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 kind of have to be very customer engaged you have to be very much thinking of yourself as if you were the customer and designing solutions around um mm -hmm. recruitment kind of um, programs that that deliver value um but I'm still a bit surprised that I think some of the some of the kind of mindsets of the, the 80s and 90s where you kind of grab a phone and make a load of calls and make some money still exists in the business very much so mm -hmm. I, I read something um, recently where somebody said you know do we need another recruitment startup it's a really good really good provocation <laughs> um but the reality is we kind of do because i think some of the big names uh aren't challenging their models enough and progressing them enough so therefore um, people are leaving those organizations and doing their own thing. And, um, so I think the industry's got actually quite a long way to go yet to really challenge itself and be a better employer of good consultants and, and developing people. Um, it's a bit like Thomas Barton, I think, or Cobbler Shoes, where you kind of think people and leadership should be the thing we're very, very, very good at, given we... Yes. But it, to me, it seems actually it's probably something we lag behind many other industries on. We don't do enough to help our people. We don't do enough to develop our leaders. Um, it, it tends to be a bit of a challenge, but I do think that's changing massively. I've seen, I've seen so much more fresh thinking in that, in that area and, and organizations not just paying lip service. There's been a lot of that, but actually starting to recognize um, they've got to do it. They've got to develop their people better. They've got to arm their leaders and managers um, with better better understanding to be highly performing um, and, and, and and balanced in their in, in their in their work life balance as well. Definitely. I mean you, you mentioned technology. Mm. Is is there a way that you've seen technology change specific things within the industry or is it is it just a general trend across across the board? I think it's um I think it's had a a pretty profound effect in many areas. Um, it's interesting. I think you know. I remember remember in the nineties being involved in some really exciting internet projects, and they were I think all called e business then, not digital. Uh, and uh, and it was really exciting being at the front end of of, of the uh, the thinking around creating online businesses. And I was fortunate enough to work on some amazing projects like the Book of Egg and what's now more than from RSA. And I was working with the boards um, with, with with big ticket um, investments in these businesses and working with incredibly bright people creating these businesses. And, uh, but what, what strikes me as being really quite interesting is, is talking to people in our industry and, and, and even clients that are talking about digital transformation, the same challenges and same issues are being talked about now as they were 25 years ago. And, and it kind of made me think, mm, how much we really learned on this? And I, I remember having one of those mm -hmm. kind of uh, points of uh, real inflection um, which is probably towards the early 2000s, where I, I, I really thought, gosh, that everybody was talking about disintermediation at that time. So any, anybody that was potentially a, a middleman, as we are, was seen as a, a, a threatened marketplace that would disappear because the internet would take it over. Yeah. Here we are, 25 years later. Uh, <laughs> and it, and it, I remember having one of those kind of thoughts that, gosh, this is really is going to have to plan effect and quickly. And it just shows you how actually um, we're... we're, we're we're excited about technology, but actually for quite generally, business is quite slow at moving towards these things, particularly big business. And, and 
they have they have a kind of a, a much more I think a, a much more sort of um, slower pathway into reality than we probably think they do. And um, I remember I went to an event uh, last year where we were talking about the use of assessment tools and uh, AI and bots and things like that, which got a great opportunity for us, I think, to to, to really help. Um, but but the kind of you know there was a conversation around hiring the chief executive without seeing, without any human intervention and I, you know it's just not going to happen um, so so you know I think I think we can get a bit carried away with it and a bit you know it could happen the technology is there to do it but you just wouldn't we're uh, our brains are much more complex than, um, than 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 we give credit for I think and that any algorithm can actually kind of replace for many many years to come absolutely it kind of leads me to thinking about um that engagement piece and and aging people mm. um and i mean you know there's there's lots of technology that can help you engage with your people uh, within the business um but actually it's not really the technology that does it it's still the people using that t- technology in the right way um yeah that's actually one of the big focuses for eli um our onboarding technology Um, You know, ensuring there is still a people element to onboarding, bringing together everyone involved to deliver an experience that not only embeds culture and prepares them for day one, but but also helps them connect with the fantastic people they're going to work with. Because people want to talk to people at the end of the day, and that's probably what what Eli gives. But um, yeah, Yeah, true. I think that's a great example where technology kind of really, really helped massively in, in in all sorts of ways, and, it, and I think the obvious ways is is automating some form of communication and making it um, making it much more um, able to be done regularly um, and in the right way, and keeping workflow in control and that sort of stuff, and making sure people are in good process and not being dropped out and all those sorts of things. But I think with um, the kind of more advanced areas of that obviously now when you're starting to really give brand um sort of feelings into it and expressions and experiences and you're starting to create if you like um you know, using social media with other things uh, a bit of a, a personality of business and the creating uh sort of a that kind of personal contract between you and the, the employee that you're using technology to really reinforce all the time and make it a better experience um and you know, the, the, the kind of the worst case in the industry. There's so many stories of, of recruiters that just don't communicate well enough, and you know, I still see job adverts by recruiters and clients that say, "If we haven't got back to you within ten days, then assume you're not considered." And that's just there's no excuse for that today. No. That's just not the yeah. way of the future. And I think, I think the candidates' position in this is becoming all much more powerful um, to be able to kind of call out those actions and those behaviors to stop them um and, and people's kind of ability to influence uh brand um sort of values and, and and to be able to say actually these are the good guys these are the ones that i just don't think are treating me like a, a proper human being in this process so you know we shouldn't be working with them so uh yeah it's interesting how technology has such a wonderful opportunity to play uh, so many ways into our industry it's, it's quite exciting i think what we've got we've got ahead of us definitely and you just obviously mentioned the brand piece, um, yeah. and the importance of the EVP and, yeah. and brand authenticity yeah. Um, yeah. and the attraction of candidates has grown enormously. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you, do you see this changing in the future? Um, yeah. yeah, I do. I, I see it coming a much more important part of the future of recruitment generally. And I think um, 
uh, you know, from, from I think the creative agency of part of our world is is um, I think it'll become more important. I think um, I think brand because of the world of social media and the way it's where it's changing things and the relationship to work and the relationship generally between people. Brand has such a big role to play, uh, massively. Um, so, so I think it's it's going to become more important. And I mean, the employer brand, I think, it always sat very much behind the kind of marketing brand, the customer brand, if you like. But I think I think the employer brand will start to edge its way up much more highly in in the priority ranking because employee employees are massive customers. Um, and I think that employers are starting to realise actually that the investment in employer branding should be much more balanced to the, the investment in customer branding. It's always going to be different, but I think I think I think that shift is starting to happen. The mindset of the talent advisor, you know, sort of strategist, and the, you know, is becoming a bit more prevalent. And then I think chief executives are becoming much more aware of a more balanced perspective between customer and employee. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think in the future, um, the employer brand will be, you know, will be the brand of an organisation. It's almost like um, how a company treats its people is the real face of the company. So the company's overarching brand will be part and, yeah. part and parcel of that. So, you know, the people, the HR, the resourcing, the employer brand, and, you know, whatever you want to call that team, yeah. um, they're of such big importance yeah, I think they'll, yeah. they'll almost be you know more important in the future because they what's, actually what's quite interesting is the FRC made a, a statement that people that kind of look at corporate governance and risk and things like that and they they've started to include um, company culture um, as uh, an element of management and risk responsibility within the leadership teams of organizations so mm-hmm. it's not quite fine yet but it started to be shaped and that's interesting because that should filter through that actually culture is all about people and how they behave and their attitudes and responses. And that's all about employee relationship, engagement and branding. And I think it's quite exciting. I think we're going through quite an interesting opportunity in our industry to kind of really add value to to, to organisations. Definitely. I mean, when, when all this, you know, COVID struck, <laughs> I mm. remember seeing news about things that, that, you know, we did in our, you know, in our job, you know, it didn't normally make, the headlines and I thought god this is this is what I'm doing in my job and it's actually yeah. making you know yeah. the BBC headlines where it never really used to, yeah. to do that so like you say it, some some things are really terrible and it's, you know it's awful for lots of people that, that have been affected by it but um it's exciting to be part of something that you could actually change for the better for people absolutely yeah I think this this these strange circumstances we all, we all find this in ourselves in is it's driven a lot of thinking and I think um it's it's kind of um, tested the relationship between employers and, and employees, and uh, particularly in the recruitment space. I think there's, I, I know a lot of people have kind of felt, mm, this is yeah, this is a great business. I'm stuck. They've stuck with me. I'm going to really be you know ultra loyal and committed to them. But quite often the opposite as well. They're saying I didn't feel I was really treated right. I, I felt like a bit of a number. I kind of think it's time for me to re- reassess my relationship with them and look at other opportunities. It's been. A, it's been quite a polarizing experience, I think, for a lot of people. This kind of because we have the time to think about it as well. Um, yeah. so it's, it's it's an interesting time of living here. Definitely, and you, you touched upon leadership then, and I know you've a lot with the kind of leadership in the leadership arena. Um, and I mean, recently we've seen some really really amazing um, examples of leadership, and we've also seen some terrible examples of leadership over the last 
where people are dealing with things they're not used to. But do, do you personally have any advice for, for people mm, leaders yeah, over the coming cool. months um, in terms of maybe even how they should communicate or in, in other ways? Communication is, is absolutely key to, to all of this. So, so keeping communication lines um, you know, clear, transparent and regular and in both directions um, is, is really important. So in a sensing and understanding the pulse of your organisation is, is really key. And I think there's been some wonderful examples of that that I've seen both you know, personally and professionally, if you like, over, over the last six months. I think you know, being really authentic um, with, with your, your your people and making sure you've got a, a good sense of where they are and, and allowing them to really contribute in whichever way they can and, and being a good listener is probably one of the key things that any leader has to be has to be doing in, in bounds at the moment um, but then I think creating some real strong points of direction for the future so I think I think I've been through a few recessions um, I think when you get to this point where it's a bit hazy um, that's when the leader has to step in and step up to be absolutely clear. Um, sometimes you haven't got all the answers. All you can say is actually we're assessing the situation. We're really looking at where we are as a business and, and, and we'll be coming back to you within a month. You kind of start kind of signposting where you're going. And just in that takes away the ambiguity and you just make sure the head of the communication curve all the time. But clarity, clarity of thought, clarity of communication, clear direction, honesty, um, all, all those things kind of, you know, are really important today. Brilliant. That's really, really helpful, Simon. Thank you. Well, I, th- I think that's probably a good good moment to end because I think that's all we've got time for. I finished my call a while ago. <laughs> well, I think I've heard much of it. I hope that's helpful. You too. It has been really helpful. And um, I mean, there's still so much you could have covered. So um, thanks yeah. so much for joining us. Um, yeah. And if, if you're listening um, and you do want to explore this topic further, um, you can follow Simon and myself on LinkedIn um, or subscribe to the CA3 Cup of Tea series podcast for more HR and talent related conversations. CA3 is an award winning employer brand agency. They're also the creators of Eli, very engaging onboarding tech. To find out more, type CA3 into Google.